Hello, and welcome to the Tech Edition Podcast. It's December the 10th, 2016, 9.13 p.m., and I'm here with my brother Clarence. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, guys, and I hope you out there in radio slash podcast land are doing well as, as well. And yeah, we're ready to talk a little podcasting and some tech news, some movies, you know, what we usually do. Some games. Yeah. Oh yeah. It dude is freezing in Kansas City right now. Oh my god. Oh man. So one goes from earthquakes to freezing all in the span <laughs> of a few months. Must I really, be exciting. I really think the Midwest is the worst of all worlds. <laughs> I don't know, it's man. Like, the South is pretty bad too. It's like we have a hundred degree we have ninety hundred degree weather. We have zero wind chill or negative wind chill sometimes. Oh, we have man. earthquakes and we have tornadoes. Like, I don't think <laughs> it's like we get everything. Yeah. It's like the trifle quiet. You get everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's terrible. Yeah. Man. But enough of my woes. Um, you want to just hit the news or yeah. you have anything you want to talk about before we no. get in? Oh, yeah. I just say, uh, you remember Ty, don't you, Ty Pete? Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. excited. Yeah, yeah, he actually gave us an article for Final Fantasy, which I'll be trying to post tonight. So if you want to see the lowdown on the newest Final Fantasy, you can check it out on techpedition.com. Oh man, I need, I need to buy that. Like, <laughs> I, I was, I was so unimpressed by the reviews. However, like there's so many good reviews coming in for the final game. I'm thinking about giving it another shot. Yeah, I'm surprised you hadn't got it already, man. I know you're die hard, but. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't read through his whole article, but I know in like the first sentence or first line, I mean, the first paragraph, he mentions that they put up a message that said, this is for old gamers as well as newcomers. So that might be a big indication of what you're going to get from the game. Okay. Yeah. So I, yeah, we'll have that posted. So everybody should check it out. Right on. So let's jump right in. Let's do uh, it. First. First article, you know, I, I kind of went on a, a a Dragon Ball soliloquy in the last podcast, but <laughs> I have one more Dragon Ball item to discuss. So Dragon Ball Super will be premiering on Adult Swim in January. I believe it's January the 7th. Let me read the article so I don't lie to you. Yes, January 7th, 2017 at 8 p.m. and 11.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We will have our first look at the English dub of Dragon Ball Super. That's awesome, man. Cause it's, it's, it's so crazy. Cause of course, 10 years ago, I think, well, 20 years ago, wow. <laughs> it was on Toonami when we had yeah. Dra- Dragon Ball Z. And then I think they, did they do like the re-release of the unedited versions on Adult Swim at that time? Um, for a while they were showing, um, they didn't really show Dragon Ball on Adult Swim. It was on Toonami. Um, okay. I think maybe, I think maybe like on some later, like later releases. I think they might show Dragon Ball Kai, the Dragon Ball Kai releases. They might have done those on Adult Swim. I'm not sure. I know for, <laughs> speaking of broadcast Dragon Ball Kai, um, there's also, uh, uh, another news item where Dragon Ball Kai, the Boo Saga hasn't been released in America yet. That's going to be released, uh, next year as well. So wait, if you, the Boo Saga is not made it over here. Not the Dragon Ball Kai version. You know, okay. basically. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay, I got you, I got you. Yeah, yeah, basically, Dragon Ball Kai just cuts out all the filler. So, uh-huh. like, just a, just as an example, the Trunks episode where he, like, where he comes and he beats Frieza and all that, spoiler alert. Uh, he, like, that all happens, like, 
they kind of draw it out over a whole episode. But when he kills Frieza, it's really like it's really like two maybe two pages of the comic between the time he like starts talking to Frieza and then he does the first initial Frieza does initial blast where he thinks he kills him. Uh-huh. And then like on the anime, it like draws all that out to like an episode. But basically what happens is that initial blast, Frieza thinks he killed Trunks and then Trunks is at the top of that mountain doing like the crazy hand thing. <laughs> and he shoots, he shoots the Rook attack at Frieza and then he cuts him up. So like that's pretty much the whole thing. In so the original, this, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I said this. So this is more like a director's cut. And didn't they like yeah. remaster it to be high definition or something too? At uh, this time, kind of. <laughs> I know. Um, with the original Kai, basically what they did was they they did remaster it, but what they also did was they they upsampled it to HD and they kind of made a widescreen version oh. by chopping off, chopping off the top and the bottom <laughs> yeah, of the I frame. You talking about that? Oh, I was so angry. <laughs> it look, it looks like they're doing that with this as well. And I don't think they're going to do a 4.3 version at all. At least in Japan, initially, they had a 4.3 version that, that was a, available for home video. But I think with the Boo Saga, it's just all widescreen, which is dumb. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I remember like other enemies, like, um, was it, was it like uh, Bebop and some other shows? It may have just been Toonami at Night or some other version of Toonami they showed. Like, adult Swim, yeah. Okay, Bebop okay, was it was Adult Swim. Swim. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, in, Ghost like, in Trigun the Shell. and stuff like that. Yeah, Trigun, mm-hmm. Ghost in the Shell, Bebop. They were all on adults. What film. was Kenshin on it too? Maybe. I don't I don't think Kenshin ever got a broadcast release. Really? I don't think so. I could be completely wrong. I'm gonna look that up real quick. <laughs> but oh, I don't man. I don't I don't ever remember seeing Kenshin on TV. Yeah, man, it's so funny, like when you mentioned the uh them chopping the, the screen off to make it widescreen. I was just in Wingstop uh, probably about thirty minutes ago and they had um the Empire Strikes Back playing on a screen in there and they had it like the two hundred and forty hertz. It just looks so freaky. I'm, my eyes were just <laughs> like, Ah, this doesn't look right. <laughs> oh, it's so crazy. Wow. So yeah, I guess I stand corrected. It looks like the first season aired on Toonami of Rurouni Kenshin, and yeah, they only aired the first two seasons. They didn't air the third season, which sucks anyway. But yeah, I I don't I don't ever remember seeing Kenshin on TV, so that's odd. Yeah, plus it's so funny, like Adult Swim now versus what it was twenty fifteen twenty years ago. Like now, it used to be like all Japanese stuff, but now it's just like these. Squid Billies and yeah, Mike Tyson <laughs> mysteries and stuff like that. It's like totally changed. <laughs> yeah, I guess the licensing the anime was getting too expensive or something, so they just started making their own cartoons. Yeah, they they, they pulled a Netflix. They got some good stuff on there, I guess. Uh, the Mike Tyson mysteries is pretty funny, but it's like not for everybody. I admit. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's blowing my mind. I had no idea Kenshin aired on, aired on on Toonami. Like this is blowing my mind. Because like that's when I was that's when I was big in a fan sub, so I was on IRC channels downloading all the episodes of Kenshin that were fan subtitled and watching them that way. So I just I I was at that point I wasn't I guess I wasn't it wasn't even on my radar. <laughs> so yeah, you're enemy purist, man. You you don't right. want you don't want the dubs. <laughs> yeah, well I, I kind of have mixed feelings about the Kenshin English dub because. 
on one hand, it's very, very cheesy. But on the other hand, you have David Lucas, a.k.a. Stephen J. Boom, a.k.a. Spike Spiegel on Cowboy Bebop. He is the voice of Shishio Makoto in the second um, arc. Who is And he's like, Shishio's like the main enemy. So uh-huh. it was re- it's really, really cool having his voice in there. Um, but I-, I just have really, really mixed feelings <laughs> about it. So do but you yeah, want- Dragon Ball Super going to... Um, Adult Swim, yeah, kind of got off on t- off on the tangent there. I apologize. <laughs> awesome sauce. So, uh, have you made a decision on what VR path you are going down, or are you I, still undecided? I will be getting a Vive, and it's like to me, it's not even close. But I guess we can talk about that later. I get to, I may, maybe I'll even go into my OSVR tragedy experience. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so our next news story is, uh, that the Oculus VR controller, I guess the crowd touch controllers are available. Uh, looks like they're coming out for 199. So it's solid 200 bucks. And you can get both the touch controllers and the Rift together for 798. Now, I don't know which side of the, the fence you fall on, but well, I guess it's three fences now, or three sides if you think of PlayStation, but. People are saying that these touch controllers are way better than the Vive controllers. Have you heard any news on that front? I have not. Um, I just know that the Vive tracking, I don't think, I don't, I'm not sure how these operate with the camera. What, well, I think you have, if you want 360 tracking, I think you have to get a third camera or an additional camera to put behind you, uh, for yeah. this to work completely. I just know the Vive room tracking, like, it, to me, it's not even close, but I I haven't used the touch, so I can't really speak to that. Uh-huh. But it's just the way that the Vive tracks um movement. So basically, you have uh systems like the Rift and, like, the OSVR, where you have an IR camera, and pretty much you have on the Rift's headset, there's a bunch of LEDs on the front. I, uh, infrared LEDs on the fronts and on the sides and the backs. And basically that infrared camera pre- picks up the movement of those LEDs, which you can't see with your naked eye that they're on. Excuse me. And that's how it determines, you know, your, where your head positioning is. Whereas Vive kind of does it backwards. Like Vive has these, I can't remember what they call them, but these two little boxes. And basically all they do is they just, they just spray out infrared light. And the actual sensors, light sensors are on the headset. So the headset sends all that data back to the computer. Like, I don't think the actual room things are even connected to anything. I could be completely wrong about that. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, Oculus was not developed with the room scale in mind, I don't think. So, yeah, they're definitely different, different paradigms or whatever. Um, but, I mean, as far as these controllers, I'm hearing that they're great. You know, again, I haven't used them either. So, <laughs> so I can really speak to how good they are. I don't think I have I used the Rift. I think I may have used the Rift once, but I've never used the Vive. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're out. So I guess we'll hear more in the next month or so about where they're going and the type of experiences they have on it. But still, I think at this point, it's kind of a toss up as to who's winning this war, if you want to call it that. Yeah, I, I think it's a toss up and I'm actually glad that Oculus has kind of opened up their, their API or their technology because initially 
they had a bunch of games that were exclusive to Rift, and you, if you had a Vive, you couldn't play any of the o- Oculus Rift games. But since there's there was like a huge backlash, and they've they've reeled back on that a little bit. Uh-huh. So I'm I'm really I wonder if our Microsoft Store is going to have the Rift Touch because I really really want to try it out. I'm I'm heavily leaning towards Vive though, just because of how easily it integrates with Steam. And like I said, I I really really like the tracking. But I, but I at this point I'm really excited to see now that I've heard that the touches may be better. I'm really excited to get my hands on that. Awesome. So uh, I'll just go ahead and go into our next uh, news story. This is one I posted. <laughs> so Microsoft is supposedly bringing full Windows to ARM. Uh, this news dropped at a recent conference. I forgot what conference it was. But yeah, they showed Windows, full Windows, not Windows RT, not the uh, bastardized version of Windows, <laughs> running on a normal processor, which I think it is is some emulation layer there <clears throat> that allows it to run. But yeah, what do you think of, of uh, Windows on ARM and what that can mean for running your full-fledged desktop apps on an ARM processor? Is it too late at this point? Is the dream finally here? But <laughs> Okay. I don't because I mean this this just shows like the new look Microsoft because you have Nadella Satya Nadella their new CEO he's like making PowerShell open source yeah. I think dot .net's open source this is a new look Microsoft uh they're porting they're actually porting Microsoft SQL Server to Linux like there's all this crazy stuff happening that you would never have thought about happening with Microsoft but what I like is that he's realized that there are so many open source choices now and there's so many people running Linux because it's free and yeah. you have SQL and you have MariaDB, which is free on Linux, but you know, it comes with no support, but it's free. And I mean, it's just, you want Microsoft. I, I think they forgot that they're a software company and yeah. it's like, you want your software on as many platforms as possible. And whether that's hardware platforms or software platforms. And I mean, this is only going to make them more popular. If you can run, you know, you, if you're not pigeonholed into running Android on your tablet, if you can buy, you know, if you want to buy a tablet and just, just wonder how it would run Linux. Cause you know, most, I, I'm assuming most Linux laptops run on ARM processors or yeah. some variation thereof. Yeah. I, I think this is huge news and, and it's gonna like just further, further, further um expand their st- install base on tablets, you know, and it's really it's really a, a a shot at Apple, I mean, if you think about it. Well, I mean it's a shot at Apple, but you know, as well as to Intel. I mean, of course we've heard news Intel is gonna start doing ARM processors, but to to me, the real war is between uh, Intel and ARM. Uh, it's it's just these these ARM processors have gotten so good so quick, and they're so well suited for mobile. And that's kind of a nut that Intel has not been able to crack. So I mean, either Intel is going to have to do something really quick, really fast to catch up, or you're going to see ARM everywhere, which is kind of the case anyway right now. It's oh, just wow. crazy. So I'm reading, I'm reading this article a little bit and it says that, uh, like you said, there'll be a software emulation layer for the ARM technology and it'll only, you'll only be able to run x86 Win32 applications. So, uh, there's no 64-bit 
support, which I mean, I guess it won't really be a big deal, but but most most uh, most of the ARM processors aren't sixty uh, four bit until recently. Is is that isn't that correct? Yeah, yeah. But it's just I think it's just cool if they're doing it at all. I don't I don't think it's gonna hurt them, especially in the tablet space. It looks like it looks like the Snapdragon eight thirty five is the first processor that's gonna support this and. It it looks like they're going to be doing laptops, ARM laptops, which is interesting. That's crazy. That's crazy. Even to think that they maybe could even do a full phone with you hook it up and it's full of windows when you hook it up to the screen, which they tried to do with their um, with the nine fifty. Yeah, with the with the aluminum aluminum nine fifty. So yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's been a slow road, but I think some of their uh, vision is starting to come to pass. It's just taking a long time. <laughs> so what do you think about the Surface Phone rumors? Do you think that they even have a chance now or should they just cut their losses? You know what? At this point with the new vision of Microsoft, uh, again, like you mentioned under Satya, Satya Nandela, I think that they would, it would behoove them to just drop windows completely on the forum platform and just try an android phone i mean if they can do an android phone and have that app ecosystem and even like put their software on it that they've already shown they can do that's out now you know make it better i just think they should do an android phone at this point until they can realize this dream here of full windows running on arm on a handset i think the best strategy is just to do an arm phone which is so crazy because like even in the Windows phone days, they had a platform that would actually port Android apps over to Windows phone. And I, oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was like so good that Microsoft dropped the program because I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Cause nobody would, if, if you could do it that easily, nobody would really develop for Windows. They would just develop for Android and port it over. But from what I heard, the porting was so good, they just decided to drop it because, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't advance their platform in any way. So, I mean, I don't know, again, not to go on a rant on it, but I think they should just do a kick butt Android phone and see where it lands. With their new hardware vision that they have with Surface, I think they can really do something cool. Yeah, at this point, I think they, they only have like two choices, basically. And one of them is, like you said, create an android phone and other one is to license android in some way and if they could integrate it in a way where you could emulate android applications to run natively on windows phone because they just have no application developer base and like that that's the thing that's always hurt them is they they started ahead but they fell behind and just never caught up yeah, I mean it's so hard because you see when when you're the when you're the one on top is just far like it's Windows uh, against Mac if you even look at that when you're the one on, on top and you're making all this money and everything's going good for you it's hard to inter- innovate and you know actually do something that is going to excite the platform because you're so beholden to this many years of of ecosystem if it ain't that broke, you don't have. fix it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't want to, you don't want to stir the pot too much once everything is doing well until you lose that, which, you know, Apple is kind of seeing some of the same things now where they're not really innovating, you know, in their PC, well, Mac, uh, 
in in their in their uh their their uh PCs and their laptops, they're not really it's not a PC, I know, I forgot what you call their Macintosh product line, they're not really advancing as much as they have been in the past. And you know, you can look and say maybe it's just stagnant because they've done all they could do. You can say, well maybe Steve Jobs isn't there, so they're still they're not seeing the vision. But I don't know which it is. I just think they're at the top and they're not gonna do anything too bad to rock the boat. So I don't know. Yeah, it's it's hard to it's hard to be motivated to change when people are just throwing money at you. So <laughs> I, I I totally understand. But I mean, one thing I will say about Apple is that I think they made a mistake by taking a headphone jack out of the iPhone Seven. Yes, yeah, crazy. And they're having some problems with their Mac MacBooks now, the new ones that only have USB three C, I believe, ports on them, and maybe a Lightning port, and that's it. No card reader. Like yeah. nothing. Yeah. So, but I mean, I will say they're really, 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 really sleek laptops. Um, one of my coworkers has one, and he he showed it to me. It's, it's a really sleek laptop. Are you Especially, on the touch bar train? It, man, it, it's <laughs> cool. I think it's pretty cool. Okay. Um, I I don't know. Like I was a big fan of the Optimus keyboard, which basically each key was like an LED that you could assign like oh, icons yeah. to and stuff. That thing's be so popular, man. What happened to it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted one of those keyboards so bad. So that part of me like really likes the um touch bar or whatever it's called, but I don't think it's that practical. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then like you mentioned in headphone jack, like they, their big um seller of the headphone the lack of the headphone jack was supposed to be these earbuds which they they delayed again so you know the timing isn't great for them to to take the headphone jack away i think they should have did it when they definitely had these earphones available if they're supposed to be the greatness that they say they are so who knows yeah i guess we'll see what becomes of it Oh, wow, they're still making those Optimus keyboards. Awesome. Really? Huh. I'm sure it's like $1,000, but I think it's really cool. They have an LED for each key. Yeah. I digress. (laughs) All right. Next news item we have is Rogue One coming out next week. I believe it premieres Thursday. And, um... Wow. Got to say... That close. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm not as pumped as I was for episode 7 because one reason I'm not as pumped is because this movie was supposed to come out this past summer and episode 8 was supposed to come out if I'm not mistaken, it was supposed to come out No, 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 I'll take that back. It was always supposed to come out in 2018 or 2017. But this Rogue One was pushed back and I mean, spoiler alert, everybody dies, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm still I'm still interested in seeing how things we, fold out. At least we think everybody does. I think there's still room for maybe we see an older version of some of these characters somewhere in the uh Star Wars future that we haven't got to yet. I'll tell you this though, man. Now like this is my holdout for this movie and I don't know I've never seen a movie, don't know anything, haven't been keeping up with spoilers, but Recently, Microsoft. Recently, uh, Lucas Arts is it still called Lucas Arts? Lucasfilm. Lucasfilm. Yeah. Recently, they uh, legitimized "quote unquote" Thrawn from the the Thrawn trilogy of books that were kind of a sequel, 
a sequel in the expanded universe to the original three movies. Oh, they uh, re-legitimized it. <laughs> well, well, let me let me let me tread lightly here. So basically, the the original Thrawn trilogy that was written as a sequel to Star Wars, it is in their Legends uh, Legends line, Legends label. So basically, it's not canon, but they actually cannibalize the character of Thrawn. So um, he's actually on the Star Wars Rebel show. He's actually going to be on there. Oh, cool! And my hope, my hope is that he has a cameo in this movie. Like that would be so dope if he's if he actually has a cameo. But he, yeah, Thrawn yeah. is a beast. Yeah, it, it would be cool as well if we saw any of the other Rebels characters pop up in his movie. Which there, you know, it's it's kind of funny because I really enjoyed Episode Three of the prequels. Because, oh, because because of the well because of the tie-ins to lead into one, I mean into four. Well, I'm sorry. So well, I mean this. Movie, I agree with that. This yeah. movie is kind of in the same vein. It's kind of put pulling on those tie-ins that lead into four, but you know it, it's so weird looking at it because I think even more than what we saw in the the Lucas prequels, this prequel. Has a lot of stuff in it that looks far more superior than anything I saw in the first three yeah. originals. So it's, it's just weird, yeah. but it's awesome at the same time. So I, I don't know. I mean, I think they're just fun. Um, you know, yeah. we, we won't mention the, the first uh, episode one movie, how bad it was, but I think two was a little bit better. Three, I really enjoyed. And, you know, I'm really excited for this one because I, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped for the lead in into seeing the, Death Star being destroyed. Spoiler alert. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I'm I'm really interested to see uh, Forrest Whitaker and uh, Donnie Yen in this movie because I would have never guessed in a million years that they would be cast in a Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm yeah. I'm really excited to see the roles they play. And again, having a female lead, I think is it's kind of a refreshing thing. I think it's going to be really really cool, and I'm so excited. There'll be plenty of room for male leads down the line. I feel like, you know, there's a, there's a, I was about to say Indiana Jones. There's a Han Solo <laughs> movie coming out, which yeah. has my boy Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian. Oh, well, you know, you can't be Spider-Man. I guess, uh, uh, Lando is a good second. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually in the movie though. Yeah. I heard he is in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Which is cool. But I think they picked the right person. But we'll talk about that later. Yeah. But man, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really excited for Rogue One. Maybe more than I should be, which might let me down. But you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know, man. I just love that universe and I could, I, I just, there's not a whole lot of bad things I could say about it. I just hope it, I, I think that the team that is around it now, it cares enough about the property. Uh, and cares enough about, quite frankly, reactions to what they do to the property that they won't do anything that would deter from it. And, you know, I think this may be the first movie where we see like scenes from maybe the third movie, uh, the third prequel, and maybe oh, some God. of the first, oh, you know, God. maybe, you know, I could, I could see a scene where maybe they show the back of like when, uh, Leia is, is doing her, uh, help me Obi-Wan Kenobi. This is my only hope or something oh, like that. Yeah, off in Darth, the distance. Yeah. Darth chasing her down. Yeah. yeah Maybe like a third per, like a, you know, a different view on the other end of the corridor or something that we didn't see, you know, something like that. Cool stuff yeah. like that. I think we'll see, which I, I I'm just excited for it. So yeah, yeah. they've got to, they've got to throw some nods. That'd be really cool. You know, Darth Maul didn't actually die. So I guess it would be yeah. cool to see him maybe. 
Yeah, but he's I don't he's like a half robot, half human in the Clone Wars, which is prequel. So, <laughs> I mean, which yeah. is canon. So I don't know if we'll see him or not. Yeah, actually, I'm thinking of Star Wars Rebels. Not isn't he on Star Wars Rebels? Darth Maul. Uh, I'm not sure. Actually, I know there's three seasons of that, and I hadn't seen all of them. So, because like Star Star Wars Rebels is after Episode Three. Yes, I, yes. I, I, I think he's in it. Well, I, I think Rebels is closer to. I think it's in between the Clone Wars animated stuff and in between that and Episode Four. I think it's closer to episode four than yeah, it cause, is episode cause, three. Because the main guy actually survived the order, whatever it was called, where Anakin went and killed all the kids. He he was actually the one kid that survived. Oh wow, cool. Yeah, cool. and he's like grown in it. So yeah, it, it's it's. Uh, I think it's closer to four. So maybe I need to watch that show actually. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty cool, man. You know, like another thing, I wanted to go and watch like all the Clone Wars too, but there's like so many of those. It's been going for so long. There's no way I'm gonna go back and watch all of them. So I, th- I think they actually threw. Didn't they throw that in Legends as well? I think. I, don't know. I think that's all canon. I believe. I don't. Maybe. Okay, I I, I'm thinking of the Jenny. J- J- Jenny Tartakovsky version, the the 2D one, but actually, yeah, I think you're right. The 3D Clone Wars, I think it is canon. You're right. Cool, man. You want to talk about some game releases? Oh yeah, let's do it. So, anything on the list that piques your interest? Uh, I don't know for myself. Maybe personally, uh, Dead Rising Four might be kinda on my radar. Um, the reason I say that is I played Dead Rising 3 on the Xbox One and I loved it, man. I played all through it, jumped online when Henry saw him and played. So yeah, I really enjoyed that game for what it was, you know, build cool weapons, kill walkers, zombies, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> and it had enough zaniness and cheesy fun that, you know, I really had a good time with it. You know, open world game and a lot to do, you know, drive. Build vehicles, kill zombies. It, it was fun. It was actually fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping one of us buy that because I always wanted to get on Dead Rising Three with you online and play, but we just never really did it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's gonna be a good one. Cool. Anything else on this list? It kind of. Yeah, actually, um, I'm really, really excited about The Last Guardian, even though I don't have a PlayStation 4, oh. because this game is basically vaporware for a while. Um, so I'm really just interested to see what the reception is going to be. Yeah. Actually, it's already out. Hang on. Yeah, it's, it's out, and I've heard people talk about it as well. You know, um, I listen to a lot of the podcasts, and people, who, most people have said it is worth playing. Um, they said it's very good, but the big but is <laughs> the big but uh is that, you know, they started making this game like 10 years ago and it they said it feels like a game that was made 10 years ago. Uh <laughs> So take that as you may. Uh It could be controls. It could be not learning on things we've um fixed in the last 10 years, like camera and things like that controls. But all that being said, people are still saying. This game's worth playing. So, yeah. Good deal. Um, you have Eco, Shadow of the Colossus, and I think this was supposed to be their next game, and they just never <laughs> yeah. got around to finishing it. 
Yeah, it's crazy, but, man. It's it's crazy how bad people wanted this game, and it seemed like it would never come out. And Sony kept teasing us at E3, and yeah, it's just crazy that it's out now. Oh yeah. So another game I'm really looking forward to is Steep. Uh, I think it's actually in open beta. Never heard of it. What is it? Or it's not open beta. This is another game that has been released. I played the beta uh, about a month ago. Um, basically, Steep's an open world extreme sports video game where oh. you're kind of on a mountain. So think, uh, which which SSX was it? Was it World Tour or was it 3? Oh. World Tour, I think. World Tour was kind of open world. Like, not nearly in a sense that this is, but, you know... It's just really cool to be to see a snowboarding game because we haven't really seen one in a while. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. But I see it's not just suits. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not just snowboarding. It's skiing. Like you get wingsuits. I think you're skydiving. Um, but it's it's just one of those games where I, you don't see you haven't seen this type of game in a while. So I'm just kind of interested to see <laughs> how it how it plays and how it does. I mean, I like I said, I played the beta. It was it was okay, um, but I may see if I can find a demo of the final code just to see if they tweak things because the the snowboarding controls were kind of clunky. Uh oh. But you know, I guess I'll give them another chance. It does look it really cool. I will admit. Wow. Oh yeah, I mean it's the the other thing on this list that I'm really really excited about, or I guess I shouldn't say really really excited about, but it's cool to see Bastion, which is a game that was made for game. It seems like it it would be perfect for a game console. It's cool to see that getting a Xbox One port. Um, and of course you have Super Mario Run. Oh yeah, I can't wait to play that. But of course I don't have iOS, so. I guess I'll be bugging one of my friends that has an iPhone. <laughs> I believe it, I believe it's coming out on Android at a later date. Yeah, but it's just I've never thought I would ever see Nintendo develop for anything but watches. Which I guess is where they started a game and watch. Yeah. But it's just really cool to see them step outside of their comfort zone and toss everybody else a bone. You know, I know this isn't a full Mario game, but it's just I think it's a good start. If this sells like Game Gangbusters, they're gonna. You know, put more money behind mobile games. I believe. What do you think about the price point for this game? Um, what is the price? <laughs> nine ninety nine. Are you serious? I kid you not. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh yeah, and and, it, and you have to be online to play it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, ten dollars is a tough uh, uh, road to hoe. If you think about it, that's a lot of money. Yeah, just for a mobile. See, just a yeah. I think they're making a huge mistake with that price. Because, I mean, it's really just jumping. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you can do things like uh, you can wall jump. You can hit certain blocks that make you go the other way and things like that. So they've done some things to give, give it a little more, um, uh, make it a little more dynamic. Which, if you think, uh, have you ever played Rayman Run? Um, which is a, yeah. a mobile game. That game is excellent, and it's a 2D type endless run platformer type thing, and it's it's really fun. I used to love that game to no end. Yeah, but, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Now I said well, well, one difference between that game and Mario Run is that game is played uh, widescreen, while Mar- Mario Run is designed to be played vertical, which is 
kind of weird because that's even less screen real estate you're going to see when you're running forward. So yeah. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> my, my only knock is that this game should be free to play and they should be microtransaction the heck out of it because that's how Pokemon Go made so much money. Yeah. Is, and that's how any, any of the hugely successful mobile games, they make money from microtransactions. So I, I feel like they're kind of missing the boat here, but it's going to be hard to pay for, I think, I don't think this is going to sell as well as they think it is because yeah. it's, it's not, it kind of goes against the paradigm. For example, like you can get full Squaresoft RPGs. I think Final Fantasy seven, Final Fantasy six, they're like, 10 15 bucks and those are like huge complex you know console games basically and then you have this for ten dollars it just doesn't make any sense to me yeah i mean and i can see them doing things like that make a little more sense like putting maybe putting super mario maker just the maker part on mobile to where you can build the build the levels while you're offline or you're on the go or whatever and then upload them back to the cloud you know i think mario run is a good idea but like again the price point should be maybe five dollars i can stomach but ten dollars that's just ridiculous yeah i'm i'm complaining but i'm still gonna end up buying it <laughs> so, I, so i can try it out so yeah. there's probably at least a couple million people like me that are just curious so yeah, they'll, they'll get the diehards first and then they'll probably lower the price probably six months later. Yeah. Which that's not a bad strategy. You know, they, they come out with their first run games and, you know, if they want to just push them to 10 because they come out, because they know people are going to buy them like Donkey Kong run or something like that or eventually yeah. when they put Mario Kart on there, you know, $10 at first, maybe in six months, drop it down. I, I think that's a sound strategy if they plan on dropping a price. Yes, indeed, indeed. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, that's pretty much all I have for releases. What about cool, you? Me too. Yeah, that's about it. Cool. So we'll skip to some games that we're playing. I'm probably only going to talk about one of these. I'll probably skip Skyrim Special Edition. Uh, to sum it up, it's Skyrim. It just looks <laughs> a little better. And I'm still playing the crap out of it. That's pretty much all I had to say anyway. Um. So we will jump to Evoland 2. So, I know what you're thinking. What is Evoland? Exactly. <laughs> what is Evoland? <laughs> okay, so basically, um, Evoland 1 was a, was a pretty much a game where as you progress through the game, like you start out with like Game Boy graphics and there's all these chests that you unlock for different things. Like, I mean, the game starts out, it's so endearing the way it starts out because to start out with, you can only move right. So you hit a box, then it's like, okay, you can move left. So you hit another box and your view expands. You hit another box and the music starts. And basically the, the graphics of the game upgrade this way up to like 3d graphics from like game boy graphics. And pretty much it was, it was kind of a short game. But it's really, really cool. Um, they're both on Steam and they're really, really cheap. I mean, you could probably find both of them for less than $10. And so Evil Land 2 kind of takes that same concept of like graphic, graphical progression and it integrates it better into the gameplay. And it has a time travel element and it has a story, a better, a much better story than the first one. So basically, you have four different time periods. The first time period is Game Boy graphics. 
The wow. second time, and this is like as far back in the past as you can go. The second time period is 8-bit graphics. Then the third time period is 16-bit graphics, which is quote-unquote present time. And then you have the future, which is in 3D graphics. And wow. As you jump between these different time periods, the graphic, you know, they change with whatever time period you're in, the, the graphics change. And it's, I'm just having so much fun with this game right now. It's, it's so cool. There's so many like nods to like different older games like Zelda and the Final Fantasies and just, you know, just old school NES type gameplay, hack and slash. Um, there's also some turn based um elements as well but it's just it's a really fun game (laughs) this is an awesome awesome concept man and what what it i guess the question i want to ask is was this like a green green light game or something at first or because it sounds it sounds like something where they're making a game they're like huh we got a little more money let's make the graphics a little bit better or was this like thought out from the beginning that we're going to make this game where uh it's going to progressively get better through time like on the original if you go back to the same location is it does it look better or is it just how does that work so basically um it's the same world um so so i'll give you an example there's this there's this part where i was in like the 8-bit world and i dropped this huge rock on a bridge and then like nobody else get across the bridge so pretty much where i'm at right now in the game is i went to the future (laughs) so this is like I jumped two time periods and I'm in the future and that rock is still on that bridge and I have to move it out of the way. <laughs> like that's kind of the next thing that I, that's up for me to do. So is this like a leak to the past type of progression where you're going back and forth in time and the time you're in, period you're in effects? Yeah. Yeah. What? Totally. Totally. Yeah. Okay. So they, they just add the additional element of the graphics changing as well, which is that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. And um, just to give you a little bit more background on Evoland, um, there's this game competition called the Ludlum Dare. Ludlum Dare, I guess is how you say it. I don't, I'm not sure. But anyway, it's like you have 24 hours to make a video game. I think it's 24 hours. But anyway, so this was conceived um, on the 24th Ludlum Dare, which, is, which was in 2012. And the theme for that year's comp- competition was Evolution. And... um. This is kind of what they came up with, and they won the Let Them Dare. And like the next year, they released an expanded version of Evil Land on Steam. So I mean, it was kind of, kind of one of those type of things where it was kind of, you know, like an indie type, but it wasn't on Steam Greenlight. Uh-huh. It, it was kind of developed as kind of one of those concepts. And then in 2014 is when they made the sequel, and kind of, I guess, was kind of like their magnum opus of this gameplay concept (laughs) and i mean i'm really having a lot of fun with it it's it's from from what i can gather it's going to be a pretty long game and i'm just i highly recommend it let's see how much it is on steam right now it looks like it's 1999 i'm on like the evil 2.com site it's 1999 well that's what they have on their website uh evil land 2.com uh, oh yeah! Wow, it is nineteen ninety nine. I got, well, I guess I just caught a Steam sale because I got both of these games for like I think they were both like uh like one of them was three bucks and the other one was five. Oh wow! So <laughs> so, so but, I got I got two questions really quick. Um, so does it have a Does it have controller support? And B, what can I run it on my Surface? 
Uh, definitely. You can definitely run it on your Surface. Uh, I will tell you with the controller support, both games have controller support. However, I could not get my Xbox One controller to work oh. on Evo, on Evo Land 1 to save my life. I tried for like hours to get it to run. So I ended up playing, playing it on the keyboard, which sucked. Um, I think if you have an Xbox 360 controller that it'll actually work. Um, however, Evil Land 2, I was able to get, uh, I was able to get my, um, my Xbox One controller to work fine on it. So. Awesome. Cool. I have to put this on my list, man. That sounds great. Yeah. I, it's, it's like, as long as this game is, it's well worth the 19 bucks, but I would wait. I mean, if you want to wait for the next Steam sale, I don't know when the next one is. Do they do a holiday sale? Uh, seem like they or do. New Year's or something. Yeah, I, I I would bet if you wait a couple of weeks, it'll be on sale for five bucks again. So, but I think it's worth twenty dollars. Personally, cool. awesome, awesome. That's an awesome recommendation. Oh yeah. So do you want to move on into what we're watching? Yeah, let's do it. Oh man. So did you see the Spider-Man Homecoming trailer? I did. I and, did. Okay. And what did you think? What are your initial impressions? Okay, like this is kind of uh off the cuff, um maybe politically incorrect uh statement, but I, I <laughs> watching this movie, I got I mean watching this trailer, I got the same feeling I did watching The Matrix Reloaded and it was wow, there are a lot of black people in this movie. <laughs> I mean and I, I mean that I mean that in a good way because norm like how many black people have been in Marvel movies up to this point like what Don Cheadle and Terrence Howard I mean seriously yeah, well, and then black and uh, uh, Black Panther so we not, had a f- not not a lot and, and oh yeah and you had um well and the last it, Avengers we had a pretty good amount of black people yeah the know, last Wakanda. Avengers but I mean recently it was like Idris Elba and that was it. <laughs> yeah 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 so maybe this is just a new look because i mean they're also I, there was kind of a multicultural cast here and i think that's a really really cool thing um yeah, that was like, my initial impression before i thought about anything else that's the first thing that just jumped out to me i think the lead love interest is a black black and which is really really cool to see yeah um and i think his best one of his best friends is a black girl too which yeah surprised it just it just really really shocked me coming from Marvel. Yes, the, Na- the Native American looking black friend as well. I don't know what his race is, but he looks like he might be Native American. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, no problem. What about you? What were your initial thoughts? <laughs> well, you know, man, it's 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 kind of hard to say because I'm I'm one of those people who love the original Tobey Maguire Maguire Spider Man. Uh, movies. <laughs> I know where you're going with this. Um, the, the Andrew Garfield ones I thought were okay, but I just didn't love. So I don't know. It's, it's hard to actually frame this one on, on if I, cause I have to admit, after I saw the trailer, you know, I've, I've been watching like on YouTube, I watch like reaction videos from some of my favorite YouTubers sometime. And like, but when I saw it, I was not, I didn't, I didn't really get excited, which is weird. It's weird for me. What? Because usually Spider-Man, if yeah, Spider-Man is your boy, he's my boy, man. And usually I get so excited when I see Spider-Man, but it's like, man, it's, it's like we've been so inundated with Spider-Man and it's like, oh, yeah. we got to boot it, reboot it again. It's this just, is, a, yeah, this is the sixth Spider-Man movie. So 
you know what? I, I would have rather they had took the route of the comics and just like handed it off to somebody else, you know, in a story arc type way. It just hurts me every time I see this character gets rebooted in different person, different actor. Yeah. That, that being said, I think the actor we have now, Tom Holland, is in it for the long haul. They've already announced Spider-Man Homecoming 2, which I don't know if it's going to be Homecoming 2, whatever they call it. They're making a sequel. Um, yeah. So, and I like the tie-ins to the Disney, Disney Marvel Universe, which is refreshing to see. But yeah, man, I, I really love Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man. And to me, this character is more like Tobey Maguire than he is Andrew Garfield, which, which yeah. is exciting to me in a lot, of, in a lot of ways. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for the movie. The trailer, it didn't show a lot to me, but it didn't get me very excited, but that is okay. I'd rather see all the good stuff in the movie. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I guess I'm ready for it. We got Iron Man too, as well. I don't know. <laughs> so, I mean, I think to speak on your sequels, uh, tangent or not tangent, to speak on what you were saying about sequels, uh, Daddy. Sophie, I'm going, going to her mama, baby. <laughs> uh, so basically from what i was from what i've been reading they're going to do like they're going to do it like harry potter where each each movie's like a year of him in high school which i oh, think is it's like awesome. a totally totally different take having michael keaton as vert as oh, vulture was like a total Birdman vibe i was like yes dude it's, it's Dude. so cool having him as Vulture, man. It's so he, cool. He's going to be the best villain we've seen in a Spider-Man movie, hands down. He, he's Oh, he, yeah, definitely. He, his, the style of his suit, the design of it, you know, they went with uh, – it didn't make it too hulky to look cheesy like we've seen in the comics or even the old Spider-Man cartoons. So, yeah. So I think the design, the realistic design they gave the costume, uh, I think – he is going to be great. And I'm so excited for a, you know, even with Green Goblin, he looked, he, he, you know, they tried to bring some realism in with the hoverboard or whatever, but he did not look real like that could be a real villain at all. You know, he was so ch- comic booky, which is like those. Don't tell Harry. The, those are. <laughs> God's face by the run. But, but yeah. Um, yeah oh man i love those movies i know they're cheesy now but they were great when they came out but but yeah it's yeah keaton is gonna be exciting man i can't wait so did you ever have you ever seen birdman oh yeah the movie is awesome the one take the fake one take movie uh is great (laughs) i was on pins and needles the whole thing i watch it again right now if i could it's it's a great movie great movie keaton is awesome yeah, I'm just I'm I'm I don't know. I I was kind of pumped for it. I would have much rather have had a totally new take, Miles Morales or something new, Ben Riley something. Give me some kind of new angle with this. But it was cool to have him in the Avengers movie. He's he's he. I think this guy's perfect for Spider Man. Like I think he's oh, a he perfect is. Peter Parker. Def- like he definitely. really is. Definitely, I, man. I re- the age and everything is perfect. Yeah, and he's got, I feel like he's like 90% Tobey Maguire and kind of like 10% his own. I don't get any kind of Andrew Garfield vibe from it. To me, Andrew Garfield Spider-Man was kind of like... Emo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even want to say emo. It was kind of like... They just tried um, to make him too cool. Instead yeah, of- it was like, 
It was like Spider-Man Bond or something. Yeah, like, I mean, you- Spider-Man is supposed to be a nerd until his later years. He first starts off as a nerd, which we got, you know, kind of in the Peter Parker. I mean, I'm sorry, the uh, the the yeah, Toby uh, did that to- perfectly. Yeah, he did it perfectly in the first movie until you know he grew older and grew out of it. You know, and I think this character is right in Paul with that, especially like the scene we assume when we see them at the the uh, lunch table. Talking yeah. about the hot girl walking by, <laughs> and then Zania just looks at him like, "You losers!" You know, <laughs> so I thought that was awesome. You know, yeah, that, that's what we need in in a Spider Man movie. And yeah, man, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's gonna be good stuff, dude. What is that coming out? Do you know? Is it May of next? I think year? it's seven seven seventeen. Oh, I gotta wait so long. I think. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> so. uh Wow, I did not see is oh Ga- Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. I did see that. So, do, what do you think about that? Do you have any opinions? Uh, okay, are, are you waiting for another Guardian of the Galaxy movie? Uh, let yeah, let me go into a little detail here. So, when when the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie was announced, I was like, "What in the crap?" Like, I don't even know what that is. I'm like, yeah, what you know? What are they like? Of all the Marvel stuff to to make a movie out of, they're making this, and it has become easily like by far my favorite Marvel movie. Period. It's my favorite one. Yeah, it, and, it is awesome, and I cannot wait for this movie. Uh, this I was just like just grinning the entire trailer. Yeah, it's so funny. I know I probably said this before. Like after I wa- walked out of the theater of watching the first movie, I'm like, huh. That's the best Star Wars movie I've ever seen. <laughs> that movie Space is so fantastic. Opera. It 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 the right amount of uh a holery and <laughs> and um trying to be you No, know, it's it's like Star Lord is almost like Han Solo. I see him like as being a, a bad a Han Solo. You know, he Yeah. He he's awesome and his surrounding characters are great. And you know, um it's just to see good to see a Marvel movie taking place, you know, not on Earth, you know, more sci-fi, um, space-faring things. You know, I thought it was great. I loved it, and kind of can't wait for this one. My only hope is I hope they don't try to pull this into the universe, and I'm just I'm so scared that they're gonna. I mean, I know it's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but I just don't want them to pull it in. There's like, well, it's you like, know, well, you know for a fact it's going to be pulled in, right? Don't you? Yeah, for the Secret Wars, yeah. I know. Yeah, but yeah okay. It's, but it, it just sucks because, like, this is so great stand, standing alone. And it's like all the other Marvel movies, they're like serials. So, you know, you you get, like, this overarching storyline of all the movies. So you kind of have to watch all the movies. But, yeah, you're right. I forgot about the Secret Wars. Yeah. Did, did you watch, I don't know if actually, have you watched Doctor Strange? Oh man, I haven't. I haven't oh, even seen it. Oh man, watch it as soon as you can, man. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. That's all I can say. It, it it's great. It's great. I don't want to give anything away, but yeah, Doctor Strange is certainly a worthy character. You need to watch the movie. It's fantastic. Very Matrixy. <laughs> you oh, get really? some mind. It's very. It's very, it's a lot of mind trippy stuff in that in that character. Which you know you got to think of Doctor Strange's character was a. He was created in the 60s and 70s, I believe, if I'm not getting that wrong. A time when there was very free spirit and, uh, you know, Woodstock and all that type of thing going on. So think of that in a character created 
I'm not gonna say around those things, but while those things are going on, think of the type yeah. of visuals you will see, and to see it, you know, back in the day that comic had a lot of trippy artwork, and a lot of that stuff gets translated to screen in a computerized way, but still, it's awesome and great and very matrixy. So I, I, I just think you need to watch it, man. It's great. Oh yeah, definitely. I, 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 it's on my list. It's just I don't I don't get out much. So <laughs> no, I understand, man. I definitely understand. It's a great movie. But we'll though. um, yeah, maybe we can catch catch a movie or two while um, I'm home. Oh, cool beans, man. We'll do that. <laughs> All right. Well, you want to hop right into the main discussion? <sighs> yeah, let's get into our main discussion, which is. <laughs> <laughs> Ghost, Ghost in the Shell. In the shell. <laughs> so, okay, so yeah, yeah go, go ahead. ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, uh, maybe we even talked about this on a podcast when the Ghost in the Shell trailer came out. Um, I was like, yeah, my brother, was, you were like, oh, this is awesome, and I was like, eh, I don't know how I feel about this yet. And now that you've seen the original <laughs> Ghost in the Shell. I would like you to first, you know, let us let the let the audience know how you feel about the Ghost in the Shell 2017 trailer slash movie. So so let me say that I think the uh, initial opinion I had about it is the opinion that 75 percent of America is going to have when they see the movie or see the trailer. I would say not the movie. They're going to see the trailer and just see it as this futuristic looking sci fi action epic that we have an America, American actor, Scarlett Johansson, portraying this character in that has Japanese roots, of course. Um, and that's what I saw. I saw something look very matrixy and that looked kind of awesome. You know, I really didn't, didn't dig down into what the roots of this original animated movie from 20 years ago had behind it, almost 20 years ago had behind it. So, when I finally got around to seeing the real movie, which I saw a couple of weeks ago, uh, it really changed my opinion of what I think of this remake. You know, first off, just to have a non-Japanese character playing the title role, uh, which just really seems odd. Now, what is it? Matoko Kasanagi? Um, yeah, the major. It, yeah, it just seems odd, which I know they're trying to make it appeal to the American audience. But by the same token, there's no way this character should be an American actor. Um, and I don't want to just linger on that. But how do you feel about that as far as translating, translating that character to an American? Which, let me just state before you make your point, clearly in the the original Japanese movie, America was a place that they talked about as being another political entity. So to, for them to make the principal character American just doesn't seem right to me. So what do you, what do you have to say about that character? Um, so I don't know. I have mixed feelings. First thing is like, if you think about like the spirit of Ghost in the Shell, um, most of everybody's mach- their machines anyway so like she's a she's a robot i mean so like in that sense i don't i'm not too hung up on like her 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 nationality or her race um it seems to me that a lot of the people who created ghost in the shell i've been reading some of their opinions and they're just happy 
you know, from their perspective, they're just happy to see this story reach a, a, a much, much larger audience. And I mean, from that, in that sense, you know, to get the quote unquote Hollywood treatment. So in that sense, I'm, I'm happy, but I feel like that, like my problem with the casting is to me, Scarlett Johansson just doesn't make a convincing major. Like regardless of her race, she just, to me, she just wasn't, wasn't a good choice. I mean, she can pull off the way major looks, but just her acting chops just don't, to me, they just don't fit this character at all. Yeah. Um, that's really my main problem with the casting. I will say though that, uh, uh, Chief Aramaki is actually being played by a Japanese person. Um, what is his name? I wrote, I wrote it down. Oh yeah. Um, Takeshi Kitano, who is like a, he's like a, uh, I don't want to say old school, but he's just like, he, he's one of the, one of the more popular, popular internationally anyway. Japanese actors. He was in um two movies that I really really like uh that just pop into my head. He was in Merry Christmas Mr. Lawrence. Big shout out to David Boy on that movie, which is an it's a it's a Japanese slash uh European production. Basically, um it's about a Japanese prison camp in World War 2 and uh he plays one of the uh military uh people in charge. Really great movie. And the other movie is a, um, Japanese, uh, mafia slash Yakuza movie called Sunatine, which now, is, I'm sorry, go ahead. Now I was just going to is he the guy that's actually over section eight? Yeah. Is it? Okay. Section he's like nine. The, he, section he runs nine. section he's, nine. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 Yeah. He's, he's kind of got the, the, uh, weird the, hair. Weird yeah. 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 He's so, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like he's one of my favorite characters and it's cool that at least, you know, if you want to, complain about the casting at least he is a japanese person who is not a robot so he's actually japanese um yeah but i i have mixed feelings about it but like to me the casting is least of this movie's problems (laughs) yeah which which i think they're going to from just looking at the cast i think they may veer away from well let's talk about some of the things in the original movie the original movie is very government driven, which I didn't expect that when I first saw it. It's very it's, like a political type movie. Yeah, that's what I was trying to like explain last time we talked about this is that Ghost in the Shell isn't action. Like, the, like I feel like they're making this into like a mindless action movie, whereas the original movie, especially even standalone complex to some degree, they're more psychological thriller than action movie. Um, there's a lot of like, like thinking and, and cerebral type things going on. Yeah. You know, a lot of, it's kind of hard for me, even, even now it's kind of hard for me to explain, but yeah, it's government driven. I mean, there's a lot of intellectual thoughts and like questions about what makes a person a person. Yeah. Um, definitely. And, and it's just like, there's all this deep stuff and I feel like they're just kind of distilling it into this. I'm a robot and I can yeah. beat you up. Which, which I can. Honestly, say from my opinion of watching the movie, I can see why they're changing a lot of it for mass appeal. Let me speak enemy blasphemy here. Uh, <laughs> and you know, by the end of the original Ghost in the Shell movie, I, I was left on like one of the biggest cliffhangers I've ever had in any anime. <laughs> and, and, and most anime wrap things up in a tight little bow. But by the end of this movie, I was like, what, what, where's the rest of it? Is, well, don't Is watch Ghost it? in the Shell 2 then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, I guess, man. I guess, I guess innocent, innocence kind of wraps things up, kind of, but yeah. 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 So that was very, that was very surprising because I loved where they were going. And, you know, of course we have all this other additional material that happens after the original movie. But yeah, from just, but just looking at the original movie, man, I was left. If I would have watched it in 1999 or wherever it came out, I probably would have been mad and, and awed at the Dude. same time. I'm like, this looks awesome. Oh, what? what? <laughs> think about when that movie came out and like, it is a beautiful movie. 20 years later, it is absolutely beautiful. When you I mean, are you say as far as story as far as looks of the movie as far as the visuals yeah the, the, vi- the yeah. animation it's a and, it's a beautiful movie and of, of course you know and we have people like the Wachowski brother the the Wachowskis yeah Matrix uh, was inspired by yeah the inspired yeah the, and other movies are inspired by this as a basis you know I thought it was a beautifully done movie I really enjoyed it but again I didn't really like the ending too much. I wanted more, which, you know, I, I guess that's why we got all the other material afterwards. It was such a yearning for it. But yeah, um, again, t- wrapping this back into the trailer that we saw, uh, you know, you mentioned it earlier about the invisibility. You said you didn't really see the invisibility much, which I had this qualm with the movie, which I want to ask you. Why is she the only one that has to be naked to have the visibility? We had a couple of dudes that had cloaks on that could have the visibility. I don't know. I think that was just fan service. If you want me to be completely honest, like it's, it's, it's a hundred percent Japanese fan service. Okay. That's like if, if you, if you want my honest opinion, I don't, I don't think there's any technical reason why she had to be naked other than, okay. Look at this naked chick beating people up. Okay. Okay. And you know, you said the, in the trailer, like that Matrix scene where she's like jumping off the wall, shooting people. I thought that was very reminiscent to, but not exactly, but reminiscent to the final act where she's fighting the big robot in the, in the hall. Um, yeah, that's big, true. Yeah. So the, it was reminiscent of that, but again, not exactly these were humans versus the big robot that she was fighting. Yeah. So, so. And definitely again, we just mentioned it. The Matrix ties are all there is so ingrained in what the original property was but again they're changing the story up a lot and i just you know i I guess i'm interested to see how to play out but you know i'm not saying i'm excited about the movie but i'm I'm, would be happy to watch it and see how it actually goes it's just i I have i just have mixed feelings because i feel like that they are in their mind they're creating mass appeal by you know making it more palatable but to me what makes ghost in the shell ghost in the shell is not the action it's the just the question like i said the question about what makes a human a human is it your mind is it your soul you know is it your body like what makes a human a human like that i think that's like the main theme of this entire like franchise and I feel like that's getting pushed aside to just create another generic action movie with Scarlett Johansson. What was the movie she just did where uh, she like lost her Lucy? memory? Lucy, yeah. I, I feel like they're just making Lucy, Lucy 2.0. Too. <laughs> yeah. But, which I think they will have a lot of room to play around with the what makes you a human premise of the original, which, you know, they're saying in the trailer she she's trying to figure out about her past. And I think even even though that's a divergence from the original, I still think they can use that to play a lot of play upon a lot of the things of, like you just said, what actually makes a human a human and what what is a shell and all this other type of stuff that, you know, even again, even from the original movie, they don't really 
they they don't really just come out and explain it. I guess you can gather that, you know, uh, at least I got from the movie that they have some portion of their brain left, maybe, possibly. <laughs> I don't know that for sure, but it doesn't just come out and say what it is in the movie either. So, yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, it's. I guess it. I guess it is kind of ambiguous now that I think about it. But I don't know. Like I just. I never looked at the original movie as an action movie. Yes, it has action, but I just feel like there's just so much more going on. And my fear. Of course, this is a trailer, so I mean, there's no way to know. Uh, my main fear is that they're making it an origin story, which the original Ghost in the Shell is not an origin story at all. It's yeah, you're you're kind of in the thick of it. You know, she's pursuing the Laughing Man. Um, I mean, it's you know, it's just it kind of just hits the ground running. Whereas this, I feel like every every movie producer in the freaking Hollywood, whenever a new property comes up, they have to make some kind of stupid origin story. And like, there's no origin story needed here. All you need yeah. to know about major is that she is a, she's, she's a bad, badass, And that's really all you need to know. I mean, yeah, that's, that's a trope that's relied upon all too much in Hollywood movies. You know, you got to take the time to explain, you know, treat your audience as smart for a change. Just let them figure it out. <laughs> and maybe yeah. they won't figure it out. Maybe that's part of the ongoing discussion that will happen around the movie. You know, you don't need an origin story for everything. I mean, just think about, think about the first Star Wars movie. Didn't tell you who Luke was, didn't tell you who his parents were, you know. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <coughs> I don't see the first Star Wars as the origin story, which I guess in a way it is, but it starts in the middle of the epic. You know, it doesn't start at the beginning. Well, again, in, from the first Star Wars, you think is a movie about Luke Skywalker when the movies are, according to George Lucas, the movies are really about Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like Kathleen Kennedy cares more about Star Wars than George Lucas ever did. Oh, man. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Yeah. So I again, I'll I'll probably go watch it, but I just my hopes aren't very high. Uh it seems like Scarlett Johansson like actually is a fan of the property and I oh. feel like that that she might do it justice, but I guess we'll just have to see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would it seems like it would have been exciting to get somebody like the Wachowskis on this movie. You know, I think they really, really would have made something that was worthy of the original, but I'm not even sure who's directing it, uh, now. Trying to look the Wachowski sisters? Are both of them sisters now? Yeah. <laughs> oh, they both, they God. both had, they both had gender reassignment surgery. I'm not judging. I'm not either. I just think <laughs> it's very, very interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rupert Spe- Sanders is directing the movie. Especially since they put brothers in their original name. So, uh, yeah. Rupert so Sanders. Do we know what he's done? Snow White and the Huntsman. The oh only God. movie he's directed. I'm not inspired with confidence here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So he directed some advertisements. Um, But, yeah. Yeah, maybe he's up and coming. I don't know. He could be the next Neil Blunkap, so... Who knows? Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Chappie. <laughs> Chappie. I love that movie. Man. I still ain't seen it. Is it good? You still haven't seen Chappie, dude? No, it's a good Chappie man. is awesome. Oh, man. I'll put it it's, on my list. It's as good as District 9, if not better. Like, really? It's, it's so good. Because it's like it didn't get a lot of um, praise or appeal when it first came I like, out. So. I like it more than Elysium. I like it much. I like 
to me, it's my it's my favorite Blunkett movie. Oh, he did Elysium too. Man, I gotta yeah. catch up. You, have you seen Elysium? No, I have not. With Matt Damon? No. Oh man, that one's pretty good too. But Chappie's my favorite one, dude. It's so good, man. I, it's got the guy from um, what what is he on? I can't remember what TV show he's on, but yeah, it's 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 so good, man. You need to watch Chappie like yesterday. Okay, it's definitely on my list. <laughs> Cool beans, man. Cool. So, uh, yeah, guys. So just, uh, visit the site. You know, we're working on it, but you know, we're trying to give you guys new content and yeah, just subscribe to the feed and also subscribe on iTunes or leave, leave us a review or something like that. You know, five stars is always great, but leave whatever you want. <laughs> oh yeah. We're, we're just excited to, um, you know, hear what you guys think. So shoot us an email. We can read some of it online. That's always fun. Yeah, fans at techpedition dot com. Very very quick. Very very quick. Very very quick. Very very quick. I can't. I can't beat that. <laughs> <laughs> I just smells burnt and dusty. <laughs>